Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. A-Dub, what's the good word, fam? Yeah, man, I'm cool over here, Press. Still thinking about that draft party, man. Bro, I'm so jealous you got to check that thing out, man. I was out of town over the weekend, but brother, brother, brother. I want you to tell the audience about that experience because I know you got to chop it up with a couple of our Chicago beers, my guy. Yeah, man. It was good, man. Perez going there to chop it up with my boy Money Moon because the bank was open, baby. <laughs> talk with him, man. And, um, yeah, it was a long line waiting for him, of course, you know, but Bears Nation, you know how we do it, Perez, how Bear Nation do it. They come out and they support, man. So it was like a lot of families out there waiting. And when I got my chance, you know, uh, to rap with Money Moon, I kind of tell him, like, hey, look, man, you know, love to have you on the show, of course. You know, come and chop it up with us a little bit, you know. He was all smiles, Prez. He was right there next to Khalil Herbert. I mean, both of them was there. So, hey, man, Khalil Herbert, like, he's ready for showtime, man. So, the kid, both of them had a very good mature tone to them, man. Just excited to be around with the fans and, you know, signing autographs. So, those two dudes was cool, man. And, you know, what? I heard a lot of good things about both of those guys, especially Darnell Mooney. They're like, look. Now he's that dude a good football player, man. He is a better person. And it seems like you are doubling down on that. Yeah, better person, man. And then you go up there and see Cole Command on uh, first level prayers. Uh, they weren't on the field. Money Moon and Khalil Kerber, they were on the field, but money, but uh, um, but Cole Command, he was actually with uh, Nicholas Morrow. They were actually um, uh, you know, um and on, on the first level. And they had a lot of fans right there waiting on those guys. And Cole Command was kind of funny, Perez, because he was sitting there with his specs on, man, looking like a principal or somebody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you man, are you, are you a, a teacher or something, man, with the glasses on? All cool, calm, mature, signing autographs, you know, saluting to the fans and everything, you know? Showed a lot of love. So uh, I would say, man, salute to those two guys. They did good, man. They were just out there enjoying the fan base and – um having a great time, man. I love the music that was being played, Perez. A lot of good music. You know how it is in the Shot. Shot Town played some good music as well yes, as sir. the stadium. So it was dope, man. All good. And that weather y'all had. Now, where I was at, man, it was about 80 degrees, but it seemed like y'all weather here in Chicago, our weather here in Chicago, it was a little bogus, man. A little bogus. <laughs> yeah, man, it was kind of raining out there, man. Um, I, I was kind of concerned a little bit because of, because of the rain, but you know what? It didn't stop no show. If you look at the outside, they didn't let anybody in until exactly 6 p.m., Perez. So it was like people were out there waiting. It was long lines out there waiting. Do a little bit of the rain, man. And then the fans, you see another, but a lot of Bear Nation jerseys, a lot of Money Moon jerseys, you know. It was just awesome. So it was like, hey, people were waiting for it, even though the weather was bad. So, okay, so let me ask you that. So was it supposed to have been like that where they didn't open the gates until late, or is that just because of the rain? Uh, it was supposed to be open the gates up at 6, you know. Uh, so oh, that's okay. why they did that. Yep, it was all planned that way, how they did it. Uh, it wasn't because of the rain, anything like that. It was because it was. But the thing is, it didn't really start raining until around, you know, uh, around 5.50. People were like, uh-oh, it's starting to rain now. You know, so that was part of their plan of doing it that way. But overall, man, the line was long. It went by pretty fast. and let people through the doors. And the party get, the kicked off, man, got started. So it was good. One last question. How was that reaction from the fans when that Kyler Gordon pick went off? Oh, man, when they saw that. They started cheering, man. The fans were kind of excited. They didn't think that would be the pick, though, but they were kind of excited for it, you know what I'm saying? Because they felt like, you know what? They know that Ryan Poles is addressing 
knees, right, Perez? So they were kind of excited to see that pick. Like, okay, guys, a stud here. So, uh, you know, the, the fan base, you know, cheered it on. And they're like, okay, let's see what else we're going to do after, after this year. So it was great. I'll say this now. I wasn't expecting that pick either. And you know, I wanted them to go offense because I wanted them to get a I wanted them to get a playmaker for Justin Fields. Right. Now, I will say this. You and I talked on DBE. We give Ryan Post his credit for turning five draft picks into 11. I thought he could have got a little bit more help for Justin, brother. Oh, he could have, man. Absolutely, Perez. Absolutely. But I'm not sure if he's thinking about something he can do differently. Maybe look at signing other players, right, who's still out there around the market as far as wide receivers goes. But you're right. I thought he would have done some of that through the draft, right, a lot more of that. But unfortunately, Perez, we'll see what Ryan Poles have up his sleeve going forward. But you're right. I was looking for more help, too, and it didn't come. No, and, and I feel like I almost kind of feel bad for Justin Fields because we talked about it on the show last year. Justin Fields is a very important part of the future of this franchise. We know what Matt Nagy and that coaching staff did last year to affect his rookie year, but year right. two. I have some concerns, like, hey, are we setting this kid up for success? And I'm wondering, man, like, with that draft, while defensively I thought we improved and I thought they beefed up that offensive line depth-wise, I need some weapons for my brother Justin Fields, though. Yeah, I'm with you, Perez. The only weapon we see for sure is Money Moon that we know, right? So we see right. the kid kind of show some progression. But the thing is, you're like, hey, where the rest of it at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who else on these outsides going to help out Money Moon, right? So – that is still to be determined, right? Because we haven't seen it. And I think that's what we thought that Ryan Post would have done a better job at doing. So, you know, it didn't happen yet, Perez, but I, 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 still, got, I still got my hopes up high of seeing what we're going to do, you know, if we're still going to sign someone else. Yeah, it's just when you look at it on paper, you're just like, okay, in free agency, Lucas Patrick, Byron Pringle, Equinemia St. Brown. That's what they did right. in free agency for Justin. Yeah, it ain't enough right there. And I got yeah. nothing against those guys. I think they cool, you know what I'm saying, yeah. Perez? I just don't think those guys are number one options or anything like that right now. They're going to have to show you or not. So, Yeah, because I heard the Bears fans, when the, uh, when the Brisker pick was made at 48, that's when a lot of Bears fans are getting pissed off because they thought they were going to get a receiver there. Yeah, it, it, you could tell. On a, on a matter of fact, when they did it at the, at the draft party, right, when they showed, when, he, when Brian Post chose them, you know, the second pick, he was like, you were like, kind of like stunned a little bit, right? They didn't really cheer or say anything on the second bit. <laughs> they were like, okay, where are we going with it? <laughs> they looked, right? They wanted to hear what this kid and learn, learn more about this kid, right? Because again, this kid wasn't on the radar, right? If you're talking about for most fans, base friends, a Bears nation, they weren't quite looking at this kid. So it's like this direction, all right, let's see what this means. And see, for me, I knew him because, you know, obviously covering the Big Ten, right? you know, I've seen a lot of him at Penn State. However, again, Nothing against Brisker because, I, you know, what we said on DB, I think he's going to end up being the best player in his draft class as of now, you know, when you look right. at it on paper. However, I would have just loved to see a little bit more help for Justin because drafted Velas Jones, and we talked about this, he's going to be nothing more than, I think, a, a Corderell Patterson type, you know what I mean, or a Jakeem Grant type. I mean, he's, he's going to be 25 years old. That's a very late age to be trying to develop a guy into a wide receiver in the NFL. I totally agree with you, Perez. That is. And the thing is, what he does well is probably what we use him for. But I'm with you, Perez. He's not a guy that you're going to say, you know what? Hey, he's going to be a game changer for us, right? I don't quite see that in him. So you're right. We didn't get enough help there uh, with Ryan Poles and helping out Justin Fields in that, in, that, in that department. Well, I would say this. He could be a game changer. What I don't think is, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy where they're going to give him the target. They're going to target him 10 times in the passing game. But no. what they may do is, they may use them a little bit of how, like, the 49ers use Debo Samuel. I'm not sure. But that's just something that initially, when I look at them on film, I'm like, okay, they could probably give them the ball, hand off to him, little screen passes, little stuff like that to utilize his speed because I hear he's got 4-2 speed, you know. So yes. I think that might be how they use him. But I still think we could have done a little bit more to surround Justin Fields with some playmakers. They didn't do that. Ryan Poles, I'm still going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But I'm looking at you like brother. Help Justin out now. Still need to come in and do some damage, right? Because I'm quite sure, as you know, Perez, Money Moon, everybody know about it. They're going to load up on him, Perez, because they know how fast that kid is and how well he's been growing. So that means number two, number three, got to be very effective. And I don't see the quite weapon there yet from Ryan Poles to help in that area because I'm quite sure Justin Fields is going to need that. Yeah, because when you think about number two, number three in this office, you're probably looking at Byron Pringle being the two. 
probably Fellas Jones being the three. We don't know about the rest of those running back. I mean, we don't know about the rest of those wide receivers because, to me, the rest of them are all kind of like in the same mix with each other. Right. And we know last season, right, we had some speeches just last season, right? If we didn't use them well, I'm not saying knocking this new regime, what they going to do, but I'm just saying history tells us that, hey, things didn't go quite well last season from a wide receiver perspective. We thought we had some good guys. So I'm wondering now, are these guys good enough that we have now to help? I think last year's coaching staff, you know, just didn't know how to get the best use out of its players. They didn't know what to do with Justin. Those weapons that you're talking about, we thought we was going to see more out of those receivers. We did not. Now right. when you look at this, at this new regime that's coming in with Getsy, I'm hoping that he comes in here with a quarterback-friendly system. We keep hearing people talk about that, but talk is cheap. I want to see what they're going to be able to do for Justin, and that's why I keep talking about the situation with the weapons. Now, maybe yes. Darnell Mooney and Pringle are a one-two punch that comes in here and gets it done. But when you lose a guy like Allen Robinson and you replace him with a Byron Pringle, eh, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the way <laughs> I feel right now. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point you bring right there, Perez, because that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, did we actually make a step up or are we taking some steps back? Right. So that's kind of how I feel there, man. But audience, again, A-Dub and I, we want to give Ryan Post a little time here. I want to be patient with him. We graded him a B for this draft just because of how much volume he was able to do. And I think that there's some sleeper picks that he made in this pick. I mean, some sleeper picks that he made in this draft. So we're going to give him a benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, Perez. You're right. And the thing is, the more the merrier, the more competition that he talks about creating in this through this class here. Let these guys fight, man. I want to see these see who comes out on top. And you're right. Be some sleepers out there that can make a good name for themselves. They're in the right situation to do it. Yes, sir. Oh man, let's get into our white sauce of Cubs talk here, man, because the crosstown battle kicked off yesterday. My Chicago White Sox got the job done there in that rain yesterday at Wrigley, winning three. <sighs> okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, man. Yeah. I friends, I my boy T, my boy T A, little Uzi Vert, went he went yard. You see him? You see him out there, boy? You see him stacking them? I love when he's stacking when he hit the home run and he showed he showed love for the South Side. You know what, friends? I can't do that but salute that because you know what? I like that swag. I like his personality. I really do. And to see him do it the way he does it after he hit home runs or do something well, I'm like, you know what? I ain't got nothing against that, bro. So any player that does things like that, you know? So, T.A., you, you cool with me, man. I ain't got no issue with you. I mean, you hit one on us. It ain't the first time. I mean, I know how great of a player you are. So it's cool with Dub. Well, see, y'all pitcher yesterday, man, they took him out early in that game. I think uh, David Ross was like, all right, he's a reliever by nature. He said, I don't see we're going to get much out of him. They got him out of it after two innings. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, look, we see how we're see where this going. We can't have no big let you all go off for you know one of those big leaves like that, man. When we want to give y'all what three runs, so we like, hey, look, let this White Sox team get too hot, man. We're in trouble. Well, see, that's all we needed because we got out to that uh, early start, and then we was able to kind of coast because pitching wise, man. Whoo, my boy Kopech, and I've been telling y'all all this about Michael Kopech. This man right here is dealing right now. He was scoreless. I think it was on four or five scoreless centers on y'all yesterday. Yeah, yeah. He matter of fact, Perez, he was pissed off. They put him in the fifth inning. I think gave up a hit. So uh, he was pissed. But you're right. He was shutting us down. I'm like, man, Kopech has been a big surprise. I ain't going to lie to you. Right? I know you talk a lot about him, Perez, but he got to show me the goods. Well, I will say this, man. I'm not surprised by anything that this kid is doing because when we got him in that trade, I've just been waiting to see when we're going to get him into the, in the start rotation. Right. And now we're seeing it. I mean, everybody knew this kid can fucking throw that fastball. But right. I'm seeing him starting to have command of his other pitches, too. And I'm telling you, brother, it was a couple of them pitches when he threw in that game yesterday. The Cubs batters, they couldn't even get the bat off their shoulder because that ball came in so hot. I believe it was the slot he was throwing, Perez. I was yeah. like, shoot. With good location, too. I'm like, man, ain't nothing you can do about that hard throw. I got a good slider like that, Perez. You're just in trouble. <laughs> so he was freezing a lot of those Cubs hitters, man. I can't do nothing but say, you know what? That's just good pitching. It was good, good pitching. But speaking of good pitching, the matchup tonight, we're going to have a great matchup. Hendricks versus Giolito. 
I can't wait till we get off this show. We can check that out. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a good, man, good pitching match. And I like both those pitches anyway. You know me. I know I always talk bad about your white sauce because it's you and I. And <laughs> 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 I look friendly competition you and I have. But, man, you know what? I can't, I can't hate on, on good matchups, right? And I think these two pitches right here, man, can have a nice little duel going on, man. So this might be a well-pitched game right here that may come down to, you know, just good small ball press. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the weather, because the weather's mild right now, I'm hoping that the weather stays mild because I want to see a good pitcher matchup. Because yesterday, like I said, that weather, you're playing in that rain, you're playing in those cold conditions, you know, and the fans. I, I was, like, looking at the fans that was out there. I'm like, boy, y'all were brave. Because I'm like, man, <laughs> it looked miserable out there yesterday. Yeah, they did. I see you guys with, like, uh, stud caps on, man. I was like, man, look, y'all ain't got no regular hat on, man. Y'all got hoodies on, don't cover your ears up. It's cold out there. You right with that rain going on two press. It wasn't a good weather condition, man, but them real troopers right there, man. Real troopers. Yeah, because the players we were saying, they were like, it's just the constant rain. They said the ball was wet, trying to throw it, trying to hit it. they like, the rain is in your face constantly. Man, those were not good conditions, man. No, it wasn't, man, because you saw two of your batters got hit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Harrison and Tim Anderson, I know they both were probably pissed off, like, but it wasn't intentional. It's like, hey, man, it's, it's a muggy little weather out here, man. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, though. T.A. didn't like that shit work for damn. <laughs> no, he didn't, man. He's like, he ready to go ahead and fight. I'm like, hey, T.A., <laughs> calm down, man. This kid ain't trying to hurt you, man. He ain't one of those kind of guys, man. That's not him, you know. Um, relax. <laughs> relax a little bit. I get you been hit a few times. Maybe some have been intentional. Well, we'll see now. They better not throw out of the nut. But I would say, uh, <laughs> I would say it just it was kind of curious that he gets hit after he had that home run. But I was going to say, hey, Dub. Tim Anderson ain't the guy to get charged up on our squad. You know that. Oh, I know that, man. He ready for the smoke, man. And we see it on many occasions that, hey, Tim, Tim Anderson is ready. But you know one thing that I saw when I was looking at the lineup and I saw that Wilson Contreras is out? And I was like, okay, now second straight game that he's out. I'm like, I don't know what injury it is because I haven't really heard much on that. You know what I mean? But they say it's like day-to-day. -day. Yeah, day-to-day, -day, man. I ain't heard too much on it myself, but – I just hope that ain't nothing too serious, you know. But sometimes those injuries, you know how it is, Perez. When you a catcher, man, it don't take much really to sit you down to catch him because you spend it all day bending down, man. Got to throw it to the pitch. It's a lot of work, though, man, being a catcher. No, it really is. And uh, when, on the White Sox side, when you talk about injuries, I've talked about it a lot on the show. We got a lot of guys that are banged up, and I think Andrew Vaughn, he may be heading to the injury list because he's got that right hand and wrist injury, and he's missed a lot of games. So I think he's probably on his way down to that list because he got hit by a pitch. And that's why – I think a lot of guys, man, when they get hit with pitches, it's kind of yeah. why they respond the way they do. Because, man, sometimes some things can really set you back, you know, on the season. Yeah, depending on where you get hit at, Perez, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you're right. It, it definitely uh, can set you back. So I get it. I totally get it, man. And nobody wants to feel that pain when you're getting whacked. So <laughs> it does make you mad. But I'll tell you one thing, man. I always get fired up about this Crosstown series. And I had to, like, say something to – a listener that hit us up in the DMs, and they was like, man, they're like, I just love Chicago baseball. I'm a Chicago fan. I don't care who wins. And I said, well, sir, I don't share your sentiment. I said, because over here, we are a house divided. My brother A-Dub is a Cubs fan. I said, but me, I'm on the Sox side. Ain't no ain't no, um, no Chicago fan today. We are chose right. sides. <laughs> you got to pick a side, man. Ain't no middle man. Ain't oh. no middle man. Where you going to go, homie? You going to go with the White Sox or you going to go with Cubs? <laughs> you, you better pick one, man. Straight up, man. You got to pick a side, man. That's how it always going to be every year. It ain't about records. We don't care who's got the best record, who got the worst record. It don't matter when they meet up. It's about getting the victory. That's, That's what right. it's about. That's right. And we got y'all 1-0. And this is the thing. I miss the days when this Crosstown used to be supercharged. When I was looking at that thing yesterday on TV, I'm like, this don't feel like no rivalry. No, it didn't, man. I, and I wonder, Prez, you tell me if I got this accurate, man. Is the weather causing this problem because, or is it too early? Because normally we don't face each other this early all the time, right? I mean, we face you all in May. Ain't them hitting them points. I don't think it had nothing to do with the weather. I, I was kind of looking at this like, why are we playing in May? Right. I, I, I'm like, when that crosstown's like in the summer, like in the, right. deep, in the deep part of the summer now. Heck yeah, when we all charged up. We've been talking smack all year, talking smack about records, about facing other teams. Oh, you're not doing so good, or your team is doing great. You know how we, we build up. It's a build up, right, Press? Right. And all of a sudden, we play each other. Now it's just like, hey, everybody's charged up now. All that talking you've been doing all season, here we go. But now we're not at that point. So it's like we're doing it early, and we ain't talked enough yet about it. 
True story. True story. Now, we got the first two games that's going to be this week. And later in the month, you got the games that are coming over to the south side. So two games at Wrigley this week, two games on the south side on the 28th and the 29th, I believe. So four games in total. But I just kind of wish they were playing maybe in June or July. But, you know, I want this crosstown battle to be what it used to be. Because I'm talking about when I used to go to them games, boy, people used to be at each other in them stands, boy. <laughs> exactly. I know people don't want to see fights and things like that, but I do like the tension. I, I like the tension. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So this early, man, I don't get that feel. But you're right, Fraser. I want to get back to that, man. That hardcoreness, you know, like that being a proud Cubs fan, being a proud Sox fan, we look at each other like, yeah, you with that side, I'm with this side. Okay, stay your distance. Don't say too much. We ain't going to say too much. We're going right. to let the game play itself out. We're going to let the game you know? play itself out. That's right. <laughs> That's why I love, man. And then we go back to what? talking on Twitter, whatever, you know, social media, whatever that takes. But, you know, that's what you want to see, man, the team, the build-up, and everybody be proud of what they do, man, being a fan. so But we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Big matchup here, like we said, Hendricks versus Giolito. I cannot wait to watch that, boy. I got to record just in case it runs over a little uh, Just in case the show runs over a little bit, ain't eh, Hey, you right on the press. I've done the same thing, man. I don't want to miss it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, speaking of not missing something, U of I basketball, brother, they cannot miss. Even if Brad Underwood and his recruiting staff try to miss, they can't. They are on fire because we just got another top guy from the portal. This time, Terrence Shannon Jr. from the shy, coming over here from Texas Tech. Tim Anderson does it again. Talk about this. I just want to say this, audience. I can't speak enough about Tim Anderson and the job that he's done as a recruiter his relationships that he has with a lot of these players because it's coming into fruition right now when you look at a guy like Terrence Shannon Jr. that's now joining the squad, they do. Man, look, I got to get to his props. Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Keep it up. I mean, I'm excited for this guy, man, Perez coming up to this team, man, because I think he has a lot to show, a lot to prove this coming season, and I think it's going to be good for the line now, man. So I'm kind of happy about this, Perez. And this is the way I look at this situation with Terrence Shannon Jr. coming in here. He's got the potential to be the best player on this team this coming season. You got to think about it. He's got NBA aspirations. Correct. And there was a time where he actually came out and he declared for the draft and he went back to Texas Tech. Now, he didn't have the season that he wanted last year, which is why he entered the portal. Yeah. I look at the situation here in Champaign. Now, there were some rumors that he actually wanted to go to Michigan, but he got blocked from going to Michigan, so here he came to Chicago. I mean, he came to Champaign. I don't care what happened on the Michigan side of the house. All I know is he's here with the Illini. We got one year of him probably before he goes to the league. And I'm really excited, man, because when you get a guy like him that you fit into your lineup, I think it's a seamless fit, bro. Yeah, you're right, man. And salute the Lincoln Park, Chris. You're right, man. It is a seamless fit. I mean, his height, 6'6", Chris. I yes, like sir. his wingspan. I like his versatility on offense and defense. This guy can do a lot, Chris. And I think, like you said, the aspirations are one to go pro. I believe that his injury last season with the back – Probably hurt him a little bit, Perez. You know how it go, right, when you have those nagging injuries. But I think this guy now thinking like, hey, look, I can get it all together playing with a lot now with this team, and it's a good fit. So I'm telling you, man, he's going to get his chance, and I hope it all works out to his favor. Yeah, because you remember the line I tried to go after him when he was coming out of high school, like as you mentioned yeah. at Lincoln Park, and he went to Texas Tech. But mm-hmm. guess what happens? Tim Anderson also was trying to recruit. That he Tim Anderson was also trying to recruit this kid when Tim Anderson was at DePaul. So Tim Edison had that relationship with the kid already. So it's like the stars were aligning for us over here on this side. Man, hey, it was meant to fall the way it fell, Prince. And the pieces fell the right way. So I'm glad to have him on line nine, man. I'm looking forward to watching him play. I just hope Underwood changed his philosophy, Prince. Let's not slow this down. Let these guys run. Because we got a lot of talent on this team along with this guy. So it's going to be dope, man. Let these kids run. And play, Perez. We're going to see a lot of excitement. Well, and that's the one thing, too, that Brad's been talking about. He wants to change his system. He wants them to play faster. He wants them to play with more tempo because that's really his system. He had yeah. to switch his system up a bit when he had Kofi because when you got a generational talent like Kofi Coburn, you have to play to his strengths. But I think Correct. now when you look at the type of players that Brad has on this team, this is more for how Brad wants to coach. And I think he's excited for the type of guys that he has because with a Terry Shannon Jr., he's a hot flyer, bro. Yes, man. I just like that talent, Prez. That excitement he brings. Oh, man, he's going to bring the builder down with some of his playmaking. Oh, God. 
Dude, when you and I and down to Champagne this far, brother, that place gonna go up, man. It's gonna go up. I gotta feel it between him going up from some crazy dunks, RJ Melendez going up for some crazy dunks, Coleman Hawkins. I mean, we got some boys now. We got some boys. Yes, we do, Prez. I'm telling you, man, these boys ready to play, man. I can see it, you know, with Clark and all these guys, man. They gonna run and have a great time, Prez. I'm telling you, man, a lot of that gonna be exciting to watch, Prez. It's gonna be very exciting. And, and this is the thing, too. We talked about the recruiting class. So as you mentioned, you mentioned Sky Clark, Jay Epps, Sincere Harris, right? Ty yep. Rogers. But when you have these guys that we've been able to bring in off the, the transport portal, or, I mean, we, we have a guy like Terrence Channing that's coming off the transport portal, now you got guys when you come, with your recruiting class that may have to have a different type of role now. You know what I mean? When you look at this. Yeah, they do. You're right, Chris. It's going to change things a little bit. But I give some of this freshman class a, a, some credit because maybe they wanted to, you know, sit a year or whatever, right, and not be the focal point, right? We'll still play, right, but not be the focal point of the I hope that they're, And I hope they can be patient. Right, because I'm quite sure their sophomore and junior year, it's all them, man. They got yeah. the keys, right? But right now, we got a couple guys from this team like, look, I'm trying to go pro right now. I'm one and done. <laughs> so that's right where some of these guys are at, right? Like Shannon, he's like at that one point. Like, look, if I can do great this season, maybe I am going to the draft press. Well, yeah, because when I look at this team right now, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Scott Clark's going to be your starting point guard, or at least your starting your one guard, right? Right, right. But then I look at it like, okay, at the second guard spot, is it going to be Luke Goody? Or is it going to be Terrence Shannon Jr.? And then they look at bringing maybe R.J. Melendez and, and as a as a three guard at the three spot. So that's what it's like trying to I'm trying to figure this whole thing out because when I look at it on paper, in the ideal scenario, I think it should be Scott Clark at the one guard. I think it should be Terrence Shannon Jr. at the two, R.J. Melendez at the three, Kobe Hawkins at the four, and then Dane Danger at center. But Woo! you never know, because Brad may say, you know what, I want to get Luke Goody in that starting lineup. And Luke Goody would deservedly, he would deservedly be someone, and I wouldn't have a problem being in that starting lineup because he's going to be someone that's a good shooter, tough-nosed player. He's going to play defense, right? So it just depends yep. on what Brad's preference is. Oh, yeah. And the good thing, it's a good problem to have, like you always say it, Perez. You said it before, man. And you got some guys that can shoot that boy outside inserting the lineup, one or two. I mean, look, that's good for you as a head coach because you know you're going to need that outside shooting regardless. I understand, you know, Shannon's not a guy who has a great shot, so you're going to need that with Clark anyway, right? Somebody can shoot, a, shoot, shoot the long distance. But, hey, it all works out, man. Got a couple of nice shooters on this team. And I think, hey, look, it's going to be the sky's the limit for the team regardless, but it's going to be a good problem for Coach to have in deciding how you want to work this lineup because you can do a lot of things with it, Perez. You don't lose a beat no matter what you do. No, you really don't. And then when you when you're thinking about a, a guy like Shannon, I mean he shoots 35% from a three-point range. He's pretty solid. But I think in his lineup, if you got Luke Goody and him in the lineup, you got two guys that can shoot it pretty well. RJ Melendez is a decent shooter as well. Right, right. As a matter of fact, I think RJ Melendez is gonna get a whole lot better, man. That kid is working his way up for oh, real, Perez. You oh, saw bro. it, man. We both seen oh, it. So oh. I like him. I can't say enough about that kid. I think year two with RJ Melendez. Oh, this will be a murder. It's going to be murder to the Big Ten, brother. Yes, sir, man. That kid graduated, you asked me. <laughs> but I want to preach patience. I want to preach patience to the Illini fan base because you got to think about it. We lost a lot of guys off that team this year. Yeah. A lot of guys. A lot of scoring. A lot of leadership. So we got a lot of inexperience on this team. And with this upcoming season, that – exhibition part of the season and the beginning part of the Big Ten, it might be a little bit of a learning experience for these guys. A lot of these guys will probably struggle a little bit coming out of the gate, but they'll be better for it, I think, the second half of the season. So I think a lot of our nation just be patient. I think this group is going to be really good when it's all said and done, but it's going to probably take them a little bit to jail. Yeah, you're right about that, Perez. That chemistry, you know, it's, it's a new team in a way, right? You hit a good point, man. New leaders, new guys are going to lead the team in scoring. You know, it's, it's going to be a whole totally different um, team than what it was last season. So you're right, man. That patient piece is going to be huge. Let these guys team to grow and learn each other, learn each other's game, and they'll figure it out. But you're right. Can't have any high expectations right away. I think by January, this team, they're going to be ready to go. And this and this is the, the part that makes it even more exciting, A-Dub. They're not even done yet. There's still guys that Brad's going after in the portal. 
Man, look, Brad has been impressive. Yeah, I mean, I can't say anything negative about the head coach, Fred, because he's really been working his tail off with the portal, whatever else, man. He's been working, man, and um, he's really trying to build this team up, not only just for this season coming up, Fred, the next one after that. Well, of course, yeah, like we talk about, he's stacking classes. And now yep. an, intrig an intriguing name that came up in the transfer portal, David Jones from DePaul. He entered his name. And I was shocked because you and I, we covered DePaul basketball. He was someone that was really impressive to us every time we covered a DePaul game. I'm hearing whispers that he may be interested in coming to Illinois. Hey, bring your butt on to Illinois. <laughs> I'll tell you, they can use him for us. I mean, he's different. He's not like the guys we currently have, right? He will be, he'll be able to play his, his game still because he doesn't have to change anything. Just come on and just play. And he don't need the ball in his hands either. Exactly. Hustle. He'll go get it. You know, I mean, yeah, this is a guy that works very really well. He's the type of guy that actually Underwood likes anyway, Press. And also, too, that boy, he can go up and get it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love that battle, man. He got some talent, man, and he got some hops, too. Yes, sir. So we'll see. But like I said, audience, Brad Underwood, Tim Anderson, and Chester Frazier, they are not done yet. And I'm excited to see what they end up pulling in. I mean, every time you turn around, there's something, some news coming out of Illinois. Y'all thought we was done talking about line eye basketball. I'm like, shit, it's bad. We still talking about line eye basketball. <laughs> hey, man, Underwood ain't, ain't, ain't losing no sleep, man. I mean, he ain't getting no sleep. He's out there working presents, pretty much telling you and I, hey, look, I got some more work for y'all. Coming y'all way. Check it out. And I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. All right, audience, so since the last time we spoke to you guys, our Chicago Bulls were eliminated. Tough series, losing to the Bucks 4-1. But, A-Dub, instead of us just kind of recapping the series, I would like to kind of hear from you. What were, like, two or three things that, I guess, gave you uh, reason to be positive about the future of this team and this organization after seeing what happened in this series? I was kind of excited for Pat Williams. And this is a guy that, right, that a lot of fans, when we first drafted him, they were like, oh, why don't we pick him up? Why don't we pick him up? Why don't you pick up anybody else? Well, you all see now, because we knew we had defense, right, Perez? We all knew that already. The guy, two-way player, pretty much. And he's showing now that he's actually learning how to get more involved in the offense, be more aggressive. And we kind of started the last two games, right, in the playoffs against the Bucks. If you can score against the Bucks, who's a very good defensive team, right, Perez? You're showing us some good signs. So I kind of felt very hopeful for him. Like, okay, he's trying to take that next step. Of course, he had some setbacks early due to injury, right? That happens, unfortunately. But the thing is, now he's showing us that, you know what? Hey, I can play, man. I can really play. So seeing this kid here, Perez, and since the sky's still living for him, he still had a lot of learning to do. I like what I saw, but man, I'm kind of glad he got a chance to get some work in, some learning in by going against the Bucks. So I'm just kind of happy about that. No, I, I agree with that. I think that when, when, to piggyback off of what you said, Pat Williams was the guy that really impressed me outside of Vooch in that series because Pat Williams showed an aggressive side to his game that we've all been waiting for. And next season is going to be a very important year for Pat Williams, year three in the league. I'm looking for him to take that next step because he's definitely going to be in that start lineup next season. And he's someone, I agree with you 100%, that when you look at the future of this organization, you have to be excited about him. Yes, sir. Excited about him, Prez, and the fact that he's taking that next step. And then you also, your boy Ayo, right? It's like, hey, man, I, I like this Chicago kid, man. I really do, Prez, because you know what? That kid is still learning. He's putting out the, on the line. He plays hard, Prez. And he went out there, he played. Man, those last couple games, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of impressed with him, man. It's not regular season basketball. This is actually playoff basketball. So he is showing us something, too. No, I agree with that 100%. I thought Ayo had a very solid rookie season. He's only going to learn from that and get better. He got a lot of valuable playing time. He also had the experience of playing with a DeMar DeRozan and a Zach Levine. I mean, he's only going to get better in the future from that experience. Also, though, the biggest reason why I'm confident about the future of this organization is because of how hard this season was for them. Think yeah. about what they dealt with with injuries, COVID. They never really had a chance to kind of gel and play together. And they still, in my opinion, were a decent team for the majority of the season. And that team got hit by injuries. Lonzo, Pat Williams, Caruso. You know, there was a lot that was going on there with this team. But I would tell you this, man, they're unselfish. They look like they enjoy playing with each other. And I look forward to next season with these guys coming back, with them running it back, getting their these players back healthy that were out, seeing what's up with Lonzo Ball, 
because I'm hearing he may have to have another surgery on that knee because he's not responding, but right. getting him back right because Lonzo Ball was a catalyst for this offense, and we missed him, bro, when he was out. Exactly. Lonzo Ball may not be the best player on the Bulls, but he's probably one of their most important players. Correct. And what he does for this team, Perez, you're right, man. Run the floor, floor general, gets everybody involved. The passing that he actually kicks off, he just makes everybody else just play freely, you know, more willing to make them more willing passes, Perez. And, you know, we get a lot, of, we get some good fast break going on too, Alonzo. I mean, he's also was a, got better, as you, you and I talked about, with the three point shooting. So I kind of missed him, man, but I like Zoe, man. I think if he's kind of back healthy, Perez, that is a plus for the Chicago Bulls. So that even makes you more hopeful. And then you add on the fact that DeMar DeRozan has been a great leader this entire season. Yeah, Gerard DeRozan, I mean, he came in here. I mean, people was talking shit about the, the acquisition. You know me, when, when we first kicked off Chicago State of Mind, I was going after the media because I'm like, y'all called him the worst acquisition, and look what this man came in here and did this season. Now, what I would like to see AK and Mark Eversley do is get more shooters on this team for next yeah. season to open things up a little bit more for DeMar DeRozan because you saw how Milwaukee keyed on him in that series. They made sure that DeMar wasn't going to be the one to beat them. Exactly, first, that's the key right there that I think AK is probably looking at like, oh man, we see a hole in the team, a gap. We don't have no three-point shooters. I mean, real shooters, not guys who get streaky or get hot. We're talking about real knockdown three-point shooters. So we need those kind of guys on this team to bail out or help out a DeMar DeRozan. Because you're right, man, we back in the playoffs again, they're going to load up on him again. They're not going to let DeMar DeRozan beat them. Yeah, and I would say two of this series – I really like the play of Alex Caruso as well. I mean, this is a guy that's got championship DNA. We talk about that all the time on the show. I mean, he was in there mixing it up. When he, we lost him in that final game because he had the concussion, yeah. I kind of felt like, ah, we might be a little toast here because he brought a nice little dynamic there. In that series, he wasn't afraid to take charges on, uh, on Giannis. He was defending Giannis in the fourth quarter of games. I'm totally with you, Chris. That may have been the most underrated signing in the NBA signing Caruso <laughs> and you're right man his defense man that series I was like wow things right we're like hey man this guy is definitely an all-world defensive guy man and uh this guy put it all together he was also bringing the ball up for us two prayers dropping dimes as well I like what I saw from Caruso because I mean this is the guy that really can defend at a high level on a big stage man so you feel pleased with that signing right there so good job AK no that was a great signing now Speaking of AK and Mark Everson, they got a lot of work to do because one guy who we haven't talked about yet, Zach Levine. Now, Zach Ooh. Levine, two-time All-Star here. He's gone through the challenges and ups and downs of the Garpax era to now where this team is ready to start contending. Now he's a free agent. So I got to ask you, A-Dub, because I've heard a lot of chatter. When I was <laughs> at the playoff game. I was a lot of people in the audience at the game that were saying Zach Levine is not a backs player. For 200 plus million, Perez, and I got to keep it 100, man. He's not worth the 200 plus million. I will say, because you think about guys who worth 200 million, let's keep it 100, Perez. You look at the KDs of the world, right? The great, not this KD of this series, it happened. <laughs> but, you know, overall, his entire career, right? Look at him, look at LeBron, right? Those guys, like, oh, Steph Curry, like, man, those guys are the game, game changers, right? They deserve the max of the max, right? And I got no issue with that. But you look at a guy like, Zach Levine, who's not at those guys' level, and say, do I want to give him the match, right, and think he's going to reach that level of what they reach greatness-wise, which he isn't, right? He's going to be good, maybe a little bit better, but I don't see him reaching that kind of ceiling. So you're pretty much probably going to overpay this guy if you want to keep him on his team. But that may be, don't, may be one of the options you may have if you want to stay competitive in this league for the next few years. So I, I look at you and I, and I, look at, I listen to what you say there, and a lot of Bulls fans feel that way. I mean, when you talk to – when I was talking to people at the thing at the game, they were like, hey, I don't think that he's a top-ten player in the league. And while I can say maybe not, we also know that you got to overpay guys sometimes to keep yeah. them on your teams. And what I will say is Zach Levine definitely outplayed his current contract. That $48 okay. million contract, he outplayed that. And then some. Now, and some people may say, hey, Dub, he may not be worth 212 but Zach Levine was 212 <laughs> right, right, right. And you had a good point, though, Perez, because he did outplay his contract. Maybe we owe him money, right? <laughs> we owe his guy some money <laughs> because I really believe that part with the press. But I think with the separation for him that I look at, it's like, okay, Zach, you're very good offensively, right? You get streaky, you get hot. But the thing is, a lot of guys who get that kind of money, 
got to be able to play offense and defense unless you're just a, a great like Steph Curry. You know, you had that, you had good. Don't know, though, because that knee injury right there, how bad is it really is, is going to continue to be a problem for this year, next year, and so forth and so forth. No, that's a good point. Now, I will say to that part, you have to keep in mind durability issues because that's a good point. That knee definitely hampered him. They said he was probably about 50% at the end of the season there. I'm hearing basically from sources that work within the organization that he's going to have to get an arthroscopic surgery after the season, but they don't think that this is going to be like a long-term type of issue. They just think it's something they need to go in there and fix real quick. However, if the Bulls did want to protect themselves, they could put some sort of injury protections in sort of a max contract. But I don't think that that should uh, prevent them from giving this guy the max. Because when I look at the situation, A-Dub, when I I think about – Zach and what he's worth. Now, I think it makes more sense to pay him the 212 than not to because mm-hmm. the price for good players is continue to rise. And Zach is definitely a great player. He's efficient, right? We right. talk about it all the time, a high volume scorer on this team. And what is what what serves the Bulls' interest by penny pitching with this guy? Okay, so if they come back and say, Oh, we won't give you 212, we'll give you this. All that's going to do is further piss the guy off. He's already talked about how he wants to test for agency, how he's open to, to meet it and send it out with other teams. So Mark, AK and Mark Evansy have to realize that Zach Levine right now is letting them know, you need to pay up or I'm going to entertain for agency. We know who his representative is as far as his his next contract. <laughs> Good point there, friends. We know represent him, man. That does matter, too. He's not going to – Rich Paul ain't going to let him get cheated. So. No. Ain't going to be no hometown discount. Zach Levine's looking at them like, fuck you, pay me. And rightly so. Get your money, man. I'm not even mad at that, Perez. You know what? If I was in Zach Levine's shoes, I'd be thinking the same thing, right? I want the most I can possibly get. This could be my last big contract. Could be. Depending on, you know, health and all that stuff, right? We don't, we don't, we can't predict the future, right? But this could be the, 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 the time for him to really max out. So I'm not mad as Zach Levine. Do what you got to do, man, and get your bread. But this could be a situation where the, the Bulls decide to, hey, maybe assign a trade, Perez, may work out. I don't know. We got to see what's on AK's mindset. So he could go a couple of different directions with this. But if you're Zach Levine, you want the best options you can get. You want to explore all your options, man, and you want to get your money. I'm all about that, man, if I'm looking at if I'm in Zach Levine's shoes. AK got some things to really think about, you know. How does he see it? How does he see Zach Levine? Do we see this guy as a critical component of this team, man? And does he see that, hey, you know what? Maybe the right thing to do is to sign this guy and keep him on his team. Does he see Zach Levine taking this game to the next level, right? So these are all the things that they look at, right, from a potential standpoint when it comes come down to Zach Levine because he's still young. He's not an right. old guy, Perez. He's Only still got Right. So he's right there hitting his prime. And can he take another step in that prime? So that's going to be the key. And I would just say, too, that's a good point when it comes to AK because he's the one that's got to determine, okay, we know we love Zach. We know we got a good relationship with the kid. But is he the guy that we think is going to take us to the next level? Now, I will say this. Even if they don't sign him and they clear the salary cap, they're not going to have enough space under the salary cap with the way the team is currently constructed to even replace him if they do lose him. And that's probably why more of a sign of trade makes more sense than just losing this guy for nothing. Right. Because you don't want to do that. Losing for nothing. What does team lead? Where does that leave us now with just DeMar DeRozan? We're going to put this much pressure on DeMar DeRozan? No, man, that's wrong. DeMar DeRozan got a lot of mileage on him, too, even though he had a great season. But you don't want to wear him down. So you got to really be careful from that perspective of how you want to utilize your star player. So, I mean, he's going to need the help. He's going to need the firepower. So we got to keep that in mind that it's not just about, you know, uh, Zach Levine is also about DeRozan, too. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a, that's a really fair point. So it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. But like I said, there's going to be a number of teams, man, that's going to be ready to pay Zach Levine, bro. Oh, yeah. Well-deserved. I mean, we still like his talent. The kid is still explosive to spreads that we saw. He still can jump, man. He got a lot of levels on that taking those legs, man. So it's like you love to see that talent still there. And, again, this guy, kid, still want to team to work and get better. I like the fact that he played on the USA team, Perez. He learned a lot from that. So I'm all team Zach Levine, man, as, as far as that goes. I like him. I just don't know what AK going to do. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, man, because, like I said, again, this team, man, I feel like they're close. I think yeah. they're going to have they need to add some, some some shooting. I think we need to get some athletic rim protectors, right, some a rim runner. Yeah. 
you know, we, we need to add a little bit more and incorporate a couple of things. Bro. I think they're close, bro. They're getting close, Frizz. <laughs> they got I mean, everything starts right now with Zach Levine, but you're right. Get, get that out the way first. And then you can see we can get those pieces that you just mentioned right there to help build this team. But you're right, rim protectors, shooters, we're going to need that to go to the next step. Yeah, because we don't have that right now. When you look at this team on defense, Vooch isn't that. Oh, no, man, Vooch isn't that. Vooch is, is a guy who don't want to go out and battle in that hole a lot, man. he rather shoot it, but he don't want to get out there and get, get dirty. So, that just I mean, just not his game. You know what I'm saying? Nothing against Vooch. I mean, he, what, what he's done so far has got him in the league and got him with a nice contract, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't tell him to change who he is, right? So, you need somebody else that can do what he cannot do. No, fair point. Exactly. You know, and a guy that they can compliment but play with him, you know. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, well, we're going to switch over to our Chicago Sky because our ladies are coming back, man. Exhibition season, of, the exhibition season has come and gone. They, they did go 0-2. But coming up here on Friday, A-Dub, we got the L.A. Sparks coming to town. Ooh-wee, L.A. Sparks. Bring y'all selves on because um the Sky, I believe they'll be ready, man. I know the, the, the first couple of preseason games – they were filling out other players on this team to see who makes it press. You know how they go, right? Other young ladies who's trying to make the team. They got a lot of playing time these two games in preseason. Uh, we did some cuts. I know yep. the team decided to let some people go. So, therefore, now we kind of got our roster kind of filled out for the most part. So, ready for the season, man. Let those young ladies go. Because I think, you know what? I think Vandersloot looks like she's ready. I saw a little bit in the preseason game. She's ready to go, man. And, um, hey, Emma ready to go. I think we got a good chance, man. So I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm patiently for the season to start. Oh, speaking of Emma, man, I've heard in practice, man, she's been fucking going at people. They said they said it was one play in practice where she did like a little turnaround jumper on, on Dana Evans and, and then Candace Parker was doing the too little thing in the background. So they, I, think Emma, <laughs> I think she hey, she's gonna be a nice piece on this team this season. Oh, yeah, playing center for us, man. I mean, yeah, she's going to be a nice piece. She fits in well. Not thinking away for us. She's kind of an upgrade, right, at that center spot. So, yeah, man, she got a lot to bring. Playing with Candace Parker, Khalil Copper. I mean, hey, man, it's going to be a good It's gonna be a good season for us. And speaking of, and like I was saying with the L.A. Sparks coming in here, that's Candace's old team. So that's going to be really kind of cool to see her going up against her old squad. Oh, yeah. You know, get a victory against your old squad. That's the one thing you always – you always circle on your calendar, right? Your old team, how you perform against them. And everybody want to do a good job against their former team and, and most importantly, get the W. So hope we get that W, Perez. I still don't know why the Chicago Sky didn't do ring night, though, on opening night, especially with her old original team. That, that would have been just like the perfect storyline. What's the, what's up with the WNBA? They, they don't know how to capitalize on these storylines, man. Yeah, so with you, man. That actually would be a good storyline, man. Is that is that doing too much rubbing it in? <laughs> oh no, not <laughs> maybe that's the way they felt, but I don't know. Whatever, fuck they feel. <laughs> I'm with you there, right? Like, look, you got open night with you. I'm sorry, you want to take it. That's it. Overall, man, this is gonna be a good season. Hopefully, Perez. Hopefully, we can repeat. Right? When I talk about good season, repeating. Yes, and the thing is, this this team is actually a championship caliber team as long as they continue to stay healthy. Because I think that is something we got to look at. That's what hurt us last season, the health-wise. You knew about Kenneth Parker getting hurt, but hopefully she stays healthy this season here. And not to do too much, because I think we got other people who can now shoulder some of that offensive load, too. Exactly. So that way she can kind of pace herself through the season, and then we have her ready for when it really counts on us in the playoffs. But Exactly. I just want to give a salute to Coach Wade, man, because, I mean, that culture that he's created here in Chicago, man, it's just been it's been crazy to see. You know, over just the last four years, what he's been able to do to kind of change things. Because now when you look at the way the Chicago Skies view, they're an upper echelon team in the league, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Wade did a good job, man. I mean, coach changed a lot of the culture here. I mean, now he's got a standard going on right now. Got a chance, like you and I talked about already, repeat. I mean, you're in a good position, coach. You can do whatever with this team, man. I thought he done a good job at also handling the salary cap, Prince. Right. He's created an environment where Candace was like, yeah, I'm going to come home. I'm going to leave L.A. to play here in Chicago. Emma was like, hey, I'm going to come to this organization. That he was able to keep Courtney and Allie on the team. Because those were some rough years when they lost Elena Deladon and Sylvan Fouts. When yeah. they both asked to be traded, Coach Wayne had to weather the storm on all of that and get a clear copper back in that trade. We, and that's probably one of the most underrated things that happened to this team. A Khalil Copper, the finals MVP, looks like she's taking that game to the next step now, man, to the next level. Done a great job in the Euro League. I mean, she's on business right now, Perez, ready to have a breakout, great season. 
just the fact that the Chicago Scott won the championship last year, the fact that they're poised to repeat, they have a really good, solid squad. I mean, if you look at this roster, there's so much depth on it. I think, oh, I think top to bottom, it may be a better roster than they had last season. I totally agree with you, Praise. I think it is a better roster than last season. I like Dana Evans as well. I think yes, she's going to take her game to the next step. I mean, I like what she did in preseason. I said, man, this young lady can play. And you right, you even saw her trying to get grabbing with Emma, though Emma's like too small. But the thing is, think about Dana's only what five six. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. And she's tough, man. She got good defense too, Perez. So I mean, I like her, man. I think she's going to continue to get better. Yeah, but I'm telling you, they got a lot of talent. But I'm even more excited too that the All Star game for the WNBA is going to be in Chicago. I mean, dude, just think about Chicago right now. We are on everybody's radar. You're right, and we should be, Perez. And it's more the reason why the fan base got to get behind this. Because, like, yes, hey, look, this team is on a mission. Hey, enjoy it while it lasts, right? Enjoy this. This is a good moment. This is a very good product, very good team out here. And I'm telling you, boy, you will enjoy what you see. Because these young ladies that Perez and I talked about, we talked about this last season with them, they play hard. And I can't expect nothing less from this team here. They're going to do the same thing this coming season. And I just like the vibe, man. I was looking at the ladies during the media day, all smiles. It, it just looks like, man, they're ready to contend. They are ready to, to basically defend their championship, man. And I'm really excited for this season. We will be covering the Chicago Sky this season. Very excited about that opportunity and audience. We will be making sure not only to give you guys our content here on this platform, but also on our website and also on social media. So we will be getting you guys all information and content related to the Chicago Sky. We got y'all. Yes, sir. We got y'all covered. Well, man, he's, uh, man, this has been a really good show. It's been good chopping it up with you, brother. But well, it's final segment time. If this city can talk. Keep in mind, short and to the point. Mine is going out to Teach Chicago Tomorrow. This is a program that is going to be helping young students in the CPS system. So if this city can talk, it will say salute to Teach Chicago Tomorrow on realizing that there's a gap in teachers and they need to figure out a way to fill that pipeline with not only individuals that are coming from different type of communities. Meaning, if these kids from the South Side, they get an opportunity to be in this program, they understand that community. They understand the students that they're going to be working with. And we know that that type of stuff matters. So I want to salute Chicago tomorrow. I think it's a hell of an initiative, and I look forward to seeing some of these young people come up through that system and become leaders in the education system in the future. Oh, wow. That is dope right there, Perez. I love that initiative, man. And that came to help our society, seeing those type of kids who get the experience, Perez, and watch what they do with it, man. I'm quite sure it's going to bring some lot of good talent, a lot of good teaching for the future. So I love that. Yes, sir. This city can talk. I will say, hey, it will say, hey, salute to all the mothers for Mother's Day. If you're going out, be safe. As you understand that COVID still spiking up a little bit, wear your mask, take care of yourselves. But I can't do nothing but help to say, hey, you ladies done a great job at raising kids uh, as a single parent or with your husband or significant other. Fantastic. I love the what you all have done and salute to all the mothers across the world, especially in Chicago and there who that prayers and I got a chance to meet. We're looking forward to seeing you ladies out there. Enjoy yourselves. Hey, love that one. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We appreciate your continued support of this platform, everyone. We're the Chicago State of Mind, and we are out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.